Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like flu shots. Yes, flu shots. You got to go take a boy for his today, Mm -hmm. which meant pulling him out of school early. Just slightly. Okay. It was a choice of, do I do that and shorten the time that he's away during the day and I might have, you know, an inch more of sanity or do I just get it over with? Yeah. Yeah. And not have to rearrange another day to do it in, so... So yeah, he has his flu shot. That's all good now. He was very good about it. Uh Uh-huh. And you took him to not his normal doctor, but one of the... I took him to his doctor's office. They have flu shot only appointments. Nice. So the MAO come a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Ours called that a nurse visit oh. at the doctor office. I see. Where I Sounds took, very old-fashioned. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. At the same office as number three and my doctor. Mm-hmm. And number three got a flu shot. Number three got a flu shot and a booster shot because number three's dad, his family were, are, they're conspiracy theory type people. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of anti-vax and they were also concerned about the fact that he had had some reactions to shots when he was younger. So she was on a delayed schedule. They mm-hmm. Number three was on a delayed schedule for shots mm-hmm. and needed one last, I think, D-tap at 13. Ugh. What, what I noticed with both number one and number three with their delayed shot schedule is it made it more difficult to convince them they did need a shot Yes, than it would have when you just jab them when they're you know too small to tell you you can't do that. Well, and the funny thing is, like, number three had no question about, yes, I do need the shot. They were just having a complete panic, anxiety attack, like, shaking in the chair. Mm -hmm. Like, we were not going to get their muscle to relax enough to be able to insert the needle the first time we tried it. Right. Like, they were like, yes, I need the shot. I'm just going to sit here and get the shot and tense up into a tiny little brick. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And we said, okay, we're going to give you a month to to try and desensitize Mm -hmm. and try again. Were we supposed to poke them with needles or something while they were? Well, they needed to come with me to get my blood work and watch me getting poked with a needle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that really desensitized them. I don't know what happened, but by the time they actually got the shot, they were not having super anxiety attack. Sweet. So I don't know if that was the YouTube videos that I had them watch or if that was having them come with me to go get my blood work or if that was, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it worked. Good. And they got their shots, one in each arm, Mm -hmm. and stopped anxietying about 10 minutes after the shot was done. (laughs) (laughs) And they, they actually got worse after the shot, like they very nearly vasovagaled, like kind of the way that I did when I donated blood last time. And then like three minutes later, I'm on the floor. Yeah. You guys have a funny way what of doing that. What is that? I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah, that's what number three did. Mm. Like they got their shots. I made them go first so that they wouldn't have time to work themselves up. Mm-hmm. They were going first, end of story. And I was distracting them while they did it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the, the nurse is on the one side and I'm on the other side, like holding their other hand. Mm-hmm. And the nurse says, relax your muscle. And they did. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, now look at me. Now don't look at me. Now look at me. No, I said, look at me. And I said, don't look at me. <laughs> While I'm doing this, the nurse sticks them. And number three goes, wait, that's it? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yes, really, that's it. Yeah. If you're not tense like a brick, then yeah. If you're, yes. The needles are meant to go into the tissue. They're, and, yes. That's what they're for. And so the second one was a little bit more painful. The flu shot was less painful and the uh, the D-tap was slightly more painful. But either way, you know, like then we trade places and they go sit in the Same. chair and I'm on the, you know, treatment bench thing mm-hmm. waiting for my shot. And then they start hyperventilating. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you doing? You're done. Well, they they turned a little green when you were getting your blood work. Yes. So they also did that. Yes, that is true. So yeah. that that may have been part of it. Like, was they, it a different gauge needle for the booster shot? Or I don't know. Didn't notice. I'm quite certain that the quantity of serum was different. So that may have had a different the, the pressure. Yeah, but I don't know that the needle size was different. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to tell. Not from that distance, I guess. Right. Because you were trying to distract, not observe the needle. Correct. Mm -hmm. I was not paying attention. I was trying to get number three not to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And it worked until they were like, wait, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I was worked up about? (laughs) Well, I gave number two child my phone because I didn't remember to charge his. And I knew if he was watching something, he wouldn't care what was going on anywhere. (laughs) And he sure didn't. And this is the kid who's usually so good about getting blood work. Like, it's a point of pride for him that he used to get stuck, you know, once every other month because of his meds. And Mm -hmm. now it's probably going to start happening again that he's Mm -hmm. going to have to get tested every couple months. Fortunately, it's just up the street from us. Right. Yeah. To to check his levels and make sure that he's not, that puberty hasn't changed the way he metabolizes any of these drugs, that they're not becoming toxic. We want him to be healthy on his meds. Mm Mm-hmm. But that means, you know, it's like a point of pride for him that he gets stuck with needles all the time. But he doesn't typically like the shots. He says he can tell the difference between the blood coming out and the shot going in, and he doesn't like the shots. But today with the flu shot, he was fine. That's good. He's like, that's it? Now, that's it. Yeah. none of us reacted to the flu shot, and some of us have before. And so we'll see if he does, because he has a very different system from the rest of us. He does, and he said it was itching. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have gotten him a flu shot on a Friday. Damn it. Well, if you had gotten him a flu shot on a school day and he reacted to it, he would have been home tomorrow. And tomorrow would not have been a Friday. Okay, well, there's that. And he'll already be home tomorrow, so. Yes. Yeah, he said it was itching, but it could have been the Band-Aid. The Band-Aid's Yeah, he is sensitive. He's sensitive. That's one thing that he does have in common. I am also sensitive to uh, to certain adhesives. Mm-hmm. When I had my moles removed under my armpit, I couldn't put my arm down for like a week after without it hurting because of the adhesives they had used on the bandages. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll see. I hope it's just the adhesive. Yeah, he won't tell us until we peel him off of his PS4 anyway. Well, that's how we're able to record right now. Yes. So. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (sighs) And you got to go to the doctor as well. Yes, I I go to the doctor. Somehow my annual checkup ends up being in October. I don't know how that happened. Some sequence of changing insurance and insurance used to start at the fiscal year instead of the beginning of the year or some other kind of nonsense. Right doesn't really matter. But what it does mean is that if I go to the doctor another time in the year, I have a copay. And if I go in October, I do not. Mm -hmm. And while I'm there, I usually get my flu shot because it's October. Yes. And um, so I did go yesterday for the annual. And uh, Now by annual, be careful here because 
in uterus having world annual means pap smear. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, sorry. Yes, I am too. Yeah. So you went to the doctor. I did. And he, he looked at my chart and he talked to me about that my blood pressure was good, which was nice. My heart rate was good, which is, I think, a lie. Well, but, you've been having extremely high heart rate mm-hmm. and relatively high blood pressure with you know just the past few months of stress and some mild weight gain. But I had high heart rate before I had the colon problem, too. You did? Yeah. Okay. I've just had high, high heart rate for a while, and I was not sure if it's related to the T or what's going on. Mm-hmm. I thought... Okay. Before the colon problem a few years ago, and the heart rate was high, I just thought, okay, I must have a bug. And then I got really sick and ended up with the colon surgery. So I didn't get any exercise long after that. And then I assumed, okay, my heart rate is not getting better because I can't exercise. Right. So it started a long time ago. It could have been that I was already having a a problem that was going to end up being the thing that caused the sepsis. I don't know. And it's never really gone all the way back down. Of course, one of the problems is after the colon surgery, my iron was low and I started taking iron. And apparently I should have stopped quite a while ago. Okay. So my hemoglobin was very high. Yes, and your hemoglobin and your hematocrit, which is the um, the concentration of solids in your blood, mm-hmm. blood cells, red blood cells and such, have been high before. And your one of your doctors had given you a supplement to help with it, and it did. But mm-hmm. then also recently, you did start getting back to the gym, mm-hmm. which had been a struggle for a while when we were going to the gym that was the super nice gym that you were also paying for a membership for number two's other mom that she said she'd pay for, but then didn't. And then you were not going. And then I was the only person going, but I was hardly ever going. And I didn't want to be inside anymore. So I stopped the membership. Right. And that allowed me to easily stop her membership as well. Yes. Um, But I didn't want to go. I wanted to be outside. Right. Mm -hmm. So... He looked at that and he decided, yes, he should do some more blood work. Mm-hmm. That was way, you know, it was in June mm-hmm. and I was not getting any exercise. Yes. And he talked to me about a colonoscopy, which whenever we get to this, it's it's a bit of a insurance BS mess. The insurance doesn't want to cover colonoscopies more than your regularly scheduled preventative maintenance. However, having had a colon resection surgery, your doctor thinks you need it more often than the average bear just to keep tabs on what's going on to be safe. Well, that sounds all very streamlined. However, then you add in that at the time I got the colonoscopy, it was a five to 10 year wait in between, unless your doctor ordered otherwise. And somehow it got in a different system and not in my doctor's system. So they didn't have a record of it when he asked for me to get another one. They said, oh, no, you can't have one until next year. (laughs) And then next year came, which was last year. And they said, oh, no, you can't have one now because now we're going to make you wait 10 years because we don't do that anymore. We we wait 10 years. Oh, for goodness sake. And um, so then I was like, okay, never mind. I'm just done with that. And so this time when he started, I thought, he said, so if you want to do that, I said, no, that's fine. I don't want to do that. (laughs) And he said, okay, well, what we could do is uh, an at-home test that's like a a pre-colonoscopy screening. It will tell us, should we go ahead Mm -hmm. with a a colonoscopy? And um, so they they send it to you in the mail, and then you take care of this and send it back. Yes. 
if there's no problem, then you're great. And if there is a problem, then the insurance has a reason to say, oh, I guess we should do that. <laughs> right. So I like that. That is good. Because I was just not going to mess around with the insurance again. Mm -hmm. As far as I was concerned, the first colonoscopy did nothing to help because it was only a few years later that I had sepsis. Right. And nobody told me it was coming. Right. Yeah. So well, yeah. Why did I do all that? Um, preventative maintenance. What did it prevent? I don't know. But you do your preventative maintenance. <laughs> you try. You try to do it. If it was something bigger, I guess they'd notice. And speaking of preventative maintenance on the old people talking about doctors and ailments hour. <laughs> the old uh, trans and non-binary yes. hour of ailments. Because <laughs> we old and that's what old people do. Yeah. But what else did your doctor say that you should get in the way of preventative maintenance? So he did turn around and look at me. We both have our masks. And he says, so... Have you scheduled any appointments with your gynecologist lately? And I could tell like he had shored himself up and made an effort to turn around I'm and deal with- I'm going to tell the man with the beard that he needs to go see his gynecologist. Yes. yes. And I said, no, I haven't done that. I suppose I need to. He said, that would be good. Good job. <laughs> I said, okay. And so he said, uh, would you like me to put a referral in? And I said, yes, please. Oh, that's good. Because then that saves you a few steps. It does. Hopefully it'll be a little better because the, the idea is that the gynecologist's office will already have that referral and go, oh, this guy is coming. Yeah. And this is, you know, the doctor's client and he will want to see the doctor and the doctor will want to see him, not somebody else in the office and so forth. So, mm -hmm. so hopefully that will make it better. Yes, we hope so. It's been long enough in between that it's going to take my, myself a while for some talking myself into it. Well, that's what you've got the time for them to process the, the referral for, because mm -hmm. they'll process the referral, and then the doctor's office will call you about the referral, and then you can schedule the appointment. And that process should take a few weeks to a month or two. Mm -hmm. So Yes. And then you just go get it over with, because that's what we do with these preventative maintenance. Well, and that's the thing that we've been trying to teach these kids all along about unpleasant tasks, you know, it's it's better to just get them done with and get them done with quickly. If you have to do something unpleasant, it's best to be done doing the thing that's unpleasant. Mhm. Mm that, that's our that's our spiel. Well, <laughs> yep. And and speaking of doing things that are unpleasant, I'm going to vote tomorrow and you already did. I did. You did. And we had to go and dig up all of the people on our ballot, because even though we're voting lefty all the way down, there are a number of nonpartisan races and state constitutional questions and things like that. Yes. That we had to research and determine whether or not we liked or disliked. Correct. And that's always a slog, too. It is, because there's going to be a few things that you're less familiar with than the others. But this is our preventative maintenance. Yes. And I think I was listening to Queersplaining earlier today, and the way they were talking about um, the topic was civility, and I hoped to link that one on our social media, but their webpage hasn't been updated in a few episodes. So I might email Callie and see if they have a preferred source for us to link. But anyway... Um, so it seems like, you know, a lot of people are like doing the voting thing is your civic duty and it's the best way to solve the problems. And it's nowhere near the best way to solve the problems, but it's the preventative maintenance. It's the baby steps and the some of the things that you can do to help solve the problems or help prevent the problems. Yes. Help prevent the problems. That's very important. Yes. Yeah. So... 
you already voted because you went ahead and sent in your mail-in vote because you were curious how the tracking system would work. Yeah, I was of two minds about that. I thought, I don't really want to clog up the postal service after all this, you know, to do we've had about not letting it function. Yes, Um, Postmaster DeJoy being all sorts of obstinate. Yeah, so I wasn't sure I wanted to mail the ballot. I do have to vote early because supposedly I am going to do work for the registrar, counting votes, early votes, and then working on election day. However, I haven't gotten that information yet, so... Because as government employees, sometimes they take people who are willing to volunteer. They voluntold me. Well, a couple years they voluntold you, and a couple years you've said, yes, my workload is light enough that I can take a day of not doing my actual workload and go do this other workload, because it's still for the county and you will still get credited for those hours towards your county employee paycheck. Mm -hmm. So... It's beneficial for you to do that, and it also contributes to the functioning of our democracy. That's the main reason. With all the potential problems around voting this year, in many years, but the highlighting of the potential problems this year, um, I felt it was important for there to be enough poll workers and, uh, you know, workers counting votes at the registrar. So I did volunteer when they sent out the request. Well, that's good. Yeah. I have not yet decided whether I'm going to finish my absentee ballot and walk it to a drop-off location or whether I'm actually going to go and take my ballot as a guide for sitting at the in-person early voting. We'll see how long the lines are, I think. Okay. I usually do have to vote early if I am going to work on election day. Right. I prefer to vote early anyway. Typically, it's less crowded. Photos I've seen of early voting across the country are not less crowded, which is good. Yes, we need more people voting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought, okay, the, the thing I was most worried about was my signature on the absentee ballot because I signed it and then I went, oh, is that okay? Because sometimes you sign something and they say, is that your signature? Like the signature right. they have on file might be 20 years old and mm-hmm. it looks a little different because and I've scribbled it 20 more years of time. Right. Yeah. And I know of people, I have a friend of a friend who actually got called in a couple years ago for an absentee ballot where the signatures didn't match. Mm-hmm. And got called in to show, you know, here's my ID. Yes, this is my signature. No, it doesn't match the one from 10 years ago. But yes, it's my signature. Yes, this is my dress. Yes, this is my precinct. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they actually do follow up on those things. They're not just going to negate your ballot. Well, that was a concern of mine. And then I did see a friend in another state who's also following their mail ballot say that they saw when it got, you know, from the post office to the registrar, they saw when it got checked in and saw when the signature was approved. And I thought, that's the thing I needed to know. So now I want to follow it and see what happens. So I'll know what to do if it's, you know, if it's not accepted, what's going to happen and what are the chances of that? Who knows? Right. So. So we will see. You haven't had any pings on it yet because it was only a couple days ago that you put it in the post office? Wrong. Oh, you already have pings on it? Yes. As soon as I put it in the postal box, I got a ping saying it had been picked up, you know, probably a couple hours later. Okay. And then late yesterday or early today, I got another text saying it had arrived at the registrar. Very good. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you are possibly on the list to do is be a manual counter of early ballots. Yes, I have no idea what it entails. I think it would be funny for you to get your own ballot and count it. I thought of that when I signed it. (laughs) I know. Mm -hmm. 
So that's funny to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the election is scary. Yeah, the election is scary. And I try to manage that personally the best I can. Some through, you know, various encouragements or techniques of talking yourself off the ledge and some through actions. You often respond well to self-talk, but you almost always respond well to externalizing and kinesthetizing Mm -hmm. the process of self-talk and self-management. Yeah, so a couple of things I found helpful in self-talk, I did find on various social media, Mm -hmm. and then I did stop indulging in it for a while. That's one of the things I can do is take breaks from that. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the things I heard on there was to go to bed like the polls are right and get up like they're wrong. And I really appreciated that thought process because otherwise, as it gets dark and you're going to bed and you start thinking of all the things that are still a problem, that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's not resolvable while you're sleeping Mm-mm. or not sleeping because you're thinking about it. And not sleeping will not help you resolve it when it's time to get up again either. No, it will <laughs> not. So that is something that I like to remind myself But currently, Biden is in the lead in most polls. Yes. So that gives you some measure of comfort with which you can let yourself Mm -hmm. fall asleep. Correct. Although if you could stay asleep, we'd be even better. Right. You have not been staying asleep lately, but that's a whole other issue. You've noticed. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Mostly when I wake up and I roll over and I'm used to like making sure that I'm not rolling into you or like in my flailing of rolling my giant whale self around that I'm not like smacking you with an arm or a leg that I'm using to balance myself while trying to switch sides but stay in the same place. Okay. And then I'm not there. And then you're not there. Well, that's usually after five. Yes. Usually. There was one day when it was miserably after three. (laughs) Um, But usually it's after five. And to me, that's just morning. I know, it's not to you. (laughs) It's that that morning to you. It's the middle of the night to you. It is still the middle of the night. Uh, Yeah. But but I thought you meant like the tossing and turning I felt like I was doing last night from the time I went to bed until about 1.30 in the morning. Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks. But I'm glad you didn't notice that, so. No, that one I didn't. More often I read until sometime between 10 and 12, and I just hope that I'm not bothering you. And every time you roll over, I'm like, oh no, I hope it's not too bright. Or every time you- I'm asleep. I don't notice. Stop snoring and then sputter. It's almost the middle of the night for me. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so. Right. I also try to find other folks who are doing proactive things- and, you know, look at what some of those. And, and one of the ones I was talking to you about this morning is I saw one of the organizations Stacey Abrams started. Okay. Which was? It's a voter empowerment and um, get out the vote kind of organization. Uh, it's against voter disenfranchisement and voter suppression. Mm-hmm. It's called Fair Fight. Is it? I yeah, it's just fairfight.com, fair I think. Okay. And there was a animated info that involved other folks collaborating with her. And uh, I really like that. So seeing those things that folks are doing that are trying to tip the balance closer to an actual balance, or at least anywhere leaning that way would be great. You know? Yeah. is That's encouraging to me. So I try to find those types of things that folks are doing. Yeah. Because I'm the one who does our budgeting and because I'm aware of the 
financial situation that we're in with the pandemic, I have switched a lot of our, I used to be giving the excess babysitting money that we were not spending on babysitting to bail funds and social action and anti-racism orgs. But now I've started giving a lot of them to election and political orgs for the past couple months. Mm -hmm. And so I had not been aware of that one. So thank you for bringing it to my attention. You're welcome. I like Stacey Abrams. I liked her interview with uh, David Tennant on David Tennant Does a Podcast With. It was really great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Yeah. she's good. So anything else that you do to help maintain your sanity and emotional stability while the world is completely unstable? Uh, Not let those things carry me away from what's in front of me that has to be done. And that might be dishes. That might be making sure the kid gets his pills, you know. Yeah. The the daily things of walking Bob, mm-hmm. you know. I, I heard it, I forget where, it was probably in one of these books that I've been reading since I've had time to read on the pandemic. I like this, but um, said, when everything's wrong, all you can do is the next right thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that next right thing is making the bed. And sometimes that next right thing is cleaning up your email inbox or feeding a kid or getting your flu shot. There's always a lot of laundry around here available. Or going to the gynecologist. Oh, yeah. Great. (laughs) It's the next right thing. Sorry. True. I had my last appointment with the gynecologist and now I have a, I have to schedule in some months for a one year follow up. Right. And she said, hopefully after that, I'll never have to see you again. Nice. I'm like, oh, really? That's totally great. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as nothing else goes wrong. True. And it, it is unlikely or it wouldn't be an appointment a year away. Right. So. So. Yeah, I, I'm somewhat jealous, but you didn't make it look fun. So, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, the process was not terribly enjoyable, but it also wasn't terrible once I figured out that it was a gas problem and not an actual surgery pain problem. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, your brain can't always sort those things out right after a surgery. No. Mm -mm. And the type of pain, you can't always tell, especially when it's not actually intestinal gas. It's like in between all your organs gas Mm -hmm. that has to make its way into the intestines. And it has a different type of pain. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That and I'm bad at surgery, but that's pretty much it. So is there anything else? Anything gendery? Anything from work? Hmm. Not that comes to mind. Okay. Yep. So is that it now? I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Peekaboo. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? It's been a long day. Yeah. And it's only two.
Not quite even. <laughs> it's 145. Yeah. Clock. Tick, 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 tick. Clock is hidden away. Okay. Trying again. You look unhappy. I do? Yes. Are I'm, you unhappy? I'm a little unhappy and a little tired, but I'm sure it'll get better. Uh-huh. Yep. It gets better. <laughs> Depends on what it is. We still have a lot of it to prove. Fair. Right. Are we ready? Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And all the life that happens around it. Like flu shots. Flu shots. You got your Sorry. flu shot now? Let's say, say that over because I was talking to my arm. <laughs> I felt like there was something on there. You know? I'm sorry. You know, with the ants and the spiders and whatever the hell else. We, we have to look. All sorts of obstinate. What's the other word? Is it rude? No. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> it's, it's a big word and it's descriptive of getting in the way of things and mm-hmm. not letting them work. Right. The squirrel next door is doing something there. Getting ready to go to their dad's. Mm-hmm. So... Ha, 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 ha.